This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 187 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, going the distance for Mustangs. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors for this episode are Equestrian Collections, EquityMFG.com, and Kentucky Performance Products. You can visit StableScoop.com for links to these great companies. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. Stable Scoop. Howdy, everybody. Glenn the Geek here. This is Helena B. You're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Whew. We got another show to do, don't we? Yes, we do. And we have some terrific guests lined up for today. We have, uh, we're going to go overseas. We're going to have a guest from England with a really cool uh, application for your iPhone or your Android. And then we, last week, you remember we talked about endurance riding. And, and uh, of course, endurance riding, you spend a long time in the saddle. Well, today, Helena, we're going to talk about some people who make endurance riders look like they're just out for a Sunday stroll. (laughs) Is that possible? (laughs) They can't be Americans. (laughs) That's what's going to come up on today's show. Well, uh, before we get to that, though, I wanted to mention that the Hoosier Horse Fair is coming up. Uh, We're kind of working with them to highlight some of their... Some of their clinicians and things that are going on over there. The Hoosier Horse Fair is held in Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. And it is held on April the 13th through the 15th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. It's the Hoosier Horse Fair and Expo. They have some terrific people coming uh, this year to do clinics and things. And one of those is Buck. Buck is going to be there. And, of course, everybody knows Buck now from the movie. As in Buck Brenneman. As in Buck Brenneman. Does he even have a last name? Does he need in last he does, Yes, he does. You know, when you're talking about the American West, there's it's, a lot of bucks. It's Buck. It's just Buck. You know, everybody knows when you say Buck, you mean Buck Brenneman. No, dude. There's Buck the Verb and Buck the Man. Oh, that's true. That <laughs> is true. Yes, this is Buck the Man, and uh, he's going to be helping with Buck the Verb while he's yes. at the horse fair. <laughs> um, so th- we want you to check it out. They have all kinds of fun stuff, tons of vendors and tons of clinicians coming in and just things for the kids to do. So it's well worth if you live in the middle part of the country there and you can get over to Indianapolis, Indiana, April 13th through the 15th. Weather's beautiful that time of the year there. Check it out. It's the Hoosier Horse Fair and Expo. Well, um, what else is going on? We're two weeks from moving to Ocala, so Jennifer has pretty much everything packed but my underwear and a couple pots and pans. (laughs) And those are tomorrow. That's about the only thing left, pretty much, is the underwear and some pots and pans. Okay, TMI. Yep. Well, TMI. it's a good thing she left me some underwear. I'm like, okay, you have Enough. to stop That's packing. three times now you've said the word underwear. <laughs> I don't want to hear it again. Oh. I just told her she has to stop packing now. There's nothing left to pack before we actually get to moving time. And we still have two weeks. Well, it'll go by fast. You it know. does go by pretty fast. It's because, it's yeah, it'll go by fast. So good for her for being organized. And because a couple of people have asked, uh, we are recording the Horse Husbands episode next Tuesday, and that'll be playing uh, the week that we're moving. We're going to put that up. So the Horse Husbands episode, I'm lining up my husbands, getting that all lined up. And this year, uh, he has agreed to come on. We have a new, or not a newlywed, we have a engaged potential horse husband. So we have three current horse husbands and one that's soon-to-be horse husband, and I think we're going to change the track a little bit this year, and it's all going to be advice for him of what he has to look forward to. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. So we're going to change it up again, and then we'll see if he still gets married. This is going to be really interesting. <laughs> actually, I think I might tune in for the first time <laughs> since we've done these episodes. I might actually listen to one. I would love to hear the advice that that these married horse husbands give to a newbie horse husband. Well, the first thing is going to be, don't do it. You know, same thing all his friends are saying. Um, You're never going to tell the guy don't do it. 
In, jo- in jest, of course. Just joking yeah. around. We yeah, have right. to at the beginning. It required, I think. It's a guy thing. We have to. Yeah. But uh, he's a good guy, and actually they, we have uh, sort of been following them a little bit on Horses in the Morning since they met each other, and, and then all through time, he's actually written an article on what he learned being a horse boyfriend. And it was so funny that we had him on the, on the morning show. So, so he's going to be on, and, and that should be a trip. We're trying to get uh, Western English, a little bit of everybody on that show. Okay, all right. Coming up. And then are you going to follow it up with a Horse Wives episode again? I am indeed. I am indeed. I have no idea which Horse Wives I'm going. I mean, I know the basics. I know my two favorites. Uh, I'm looking for possibly one more. Okay. But uh, and, and that was originally when we designed a Horse Wives episode three years ago. It was supposed to be a follow-up to the Horse Husbands episode where you guys sit around and bitch about your horse husbands. But it more turns into talking about your horses and normal chi- uh, horse women chit-chat. And that is that is a true reflection of life, you know. Maybe we want to, you know, complain about our husbands, but really we want to talk about horses more. So, <laughs> Two minutes on the husbands, yeah, yeah. an hour on the horses. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you can all look forward to that coming up over the next couple of weeks while we're moving down to Ocala. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, if anybody is coming in for Rolex to Lexington, Kentucky, the Clarion Hotel has a, a special going right now that is for uh, listeners of the Horse Radio Network. That's the Clarion Hotel. is only about four miles from the horse park. Very nice hotel, big pool, uh, restaurant, bar, the whole thing. And they have free breakfast, including hot food during Rolex. And that's where we're staying during Rolex is at the Clarion uh, Lexington. So if you are coming in for Rolex, and even if you booked your hotel already and you can cancel it at this point and not lose anything, call the Clarion Hotel in Lexington. Just look up Clarion Lexington. Give them a call, and they if you say you want the Rolex experience, they will give you the rooms for your Rolex stay at $99 a night. Wow. Which is really cheap during Rolex. Anybody that's in for Rolex knows that it's usually one hundred fifty to two hundred dollars a night. Everybody jacks the rates up. Yeah, yeah. So ninety nine bucks a night. They only have so many that they're going to give away. So give them a call soon. But that's for a special for listeners of the Horse Radio Network. Well, before we get on to our first guest here, we I wanted to ask you. You had this quarter horse you had taken in, sort of on lease, and you were thinking about buying him. And, and I wanted to know what the final result was. I know you posted on Facebook. And, Yes, yes. Um, I had asked the uh, Horses of the Morning fan base and the experts there what they thought about um, a big old quarter horse with tiny little feet. And uh, he's a really great, great guy, but he's going to have to go back. Um, I have him on lease until May. And, uh, you know, I wanted to take that time to, you know, have him in my barn. And then I was hoping that maybe, you know, April, March, April and May, I would be able to really ride him and get to know whether or not he'd be a good fit for me. And so I have been riding him quite a bit because the weather's been warm and he's wonderful. He's very, he's green and, but which isn't a problem at all because he has such an amazing temperament. He's just wonderful. But I am really concerned about the size of his feet in relation to his body. And because he's so wonderful, um, you know, I said, I want to hunt him. I want to, I want to go do this. I want to pace. I want to do some trail rides. I want to do everything with him. Um, but I just think that his confirmation will make hard riding out on the trails tough on his feet. And um, that's, that's just not something I, I think I could deal with. You know, if it was like hocks or, you know, joint related, something else besides hooves, I, I would be more than willing to accept it. But, you know, when it's like when they're prone to navicular syndrome, you know, whether it's the bone or the bursa, you know, soft tissue or bone, you ouchy feet are ouchy feet you can't even get on them no that kind of puts them out of business yeah and you know the one thing i and the other reason you got him you know regular listeners will remember this one the other reason you got him was also to help you get back into riding after your injury exactly Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. and and to keep zeke company well you know it was evident that pie needed to go someplace and be put back into work um because the footing i don't have a sand ring and the footing here is just you can't you can't keep a horse in regular work and i always knew that when i brought my horses home because i didn't have a sand ring that my riding horse would probably have to go someplace for a month or two over the winter just to either leg up or stay in work and um you know i knew i'd have to find somebody to keep z company now i've had a couple of friends and neighbors offer their their ponies and whatever, but uh, this was a good opportunity for Zeke to have company and for me to slowly get back into the saddle and maybe test out a nice quarter horse. But, um, man, I was up until all, all hours of the night wringing my hands trying to figure out what to do 
because uh, he is, you know, anybody that comes into my barn, I'm going to fall in love with. That's just yeah, that's the way you, it's going to be. That's the way you are. Yeah. So uh, hard decision, but one that has to be made. So he'll be here for another month or so. And then um, my Ferrari comes back home. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And are you going to ride your Ferrari? Yes. Yes. I've been on her already. I, I've gone up to uh, the barn in Portsmouth and, you know, I get on him and they're like, the girl who's been riding him for me is like, you know, he's he's got a quite an engine. He's very powerful. I got in that saddle, man. I was like, let's go. <laughs> it, it doesn't bother me. That that strength, that energy, that forward, that power, it, it does not scare me at all. I love it. So I I didn't I was surprised at my reaction. But uh Well good. Yeah. So That's we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, let's take a break for our first sponsor here today, and then we're going to come back and talk to Kimball Ford, who is uh, making a trek across Canada. They're called long riders, and a little difference than endurance riders, these guys go a lot further than the endurance guys do over a longer period of time. That's the name long riders. So we're going to talk to him. He's an Ontario cowboy. Just a minute. Well, I'm here with Anastasia Burke, who's a writer for many equine publications and an author of several horsey books, and one of the first guests on the Stable Scoop radio show. Hello, Anastasia. Hi, Glenn. Good to talk to you again. Well, I'm talking to you for a different reason this time, and that is for, on behalf of Equity Manufacturing at EquityMFG.com. We have been talking about how much Helena and I absolutely love the Flex and Fork, but you use one of their other products that... People probably have seen at expos and at fairs and things, but I know you and your husband absolutely love the Shaken Fork. We love the Shaken Fork, and yeah, we found it um, at the Cal uh, the Horse Expo at Cal Expo in Sacramento. And what kind of caught our attention is that there was a lot of people standing around laughing, and so of course we were naturally drawn to that. And we ended up buying one, and everywhere we went that day, people laughed at us. And I have to say that we kind of got the last laugh because that thing has changed our life completely. Now, let's tell everybody what it is. It's actually a motorized uh, a motorized manure fork, and it's made to vibrate. So what happens instead of you having to shake your arms to get, to get, you know, to sift, you basically, the fork does it for you. The fork does all the work. And I think, you know, if you really want to clean your stall, I'll tell you who it doesn't work for. If you have straw in your barn, it's not going to work for you. If you want to go clean the stall and spend a lot of time as a bonding experience with your horse, it's not going to work for you. Um, we use pellets, and we have found that um, with the shaken fork, the whole vibrating thing, we end up um, keeping the pellets that are clean on the ground instead of throwing them into the wheelbarrow with the manure. So it's actually, you know, it's an expensive device. There's no question, but in the long run, we've saved money. Um, We've gone through it. We have the same one that we originally bought. It lasts forever. The battery's rechargeable. Um, it's an awesome product. And, um, you know, if, if the other people that it's really good for, I, I know someone who's got some uh, carpal tunnel syndrome going, and it's really helped her in cleaning the stalls because it does that work for her. So, um, yeah, we love it. We spend a lot more time riding horses than we do cleaning stalls now, and that's that's what we like yeah, you to told me before it saved you about half the time in, in cleaning the stalls that it then did before. And that's the Shake and Fork. You can find it at Equity Manufacturing, and that's EquityMFG.com, EquityMFG.com. Thank you so much, Anastasia, for joining us today. Good to talk to you, Glenn. All right, now it's time to speak to Kimball Ford, who is an Ontario cowboy who's riding across 4,500 kilometers across Canada to raise awareness for a very special cause. And we're going to talk to him about that today. Here's Kimball Ford. Well, hello, Kimball, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. I'm so glad you could join us. Well, thank you for having me. We caught you just in time because pretty soon you're going to get butt sore sitting in the saddle for a very, very long way. Yes, I leave on uh, Sunday the 18th of March, and, and we'll be heading... You're sorry? heading from what coast to what coast? Is it coast to coast? I'm or? heading, well, I'm heading from uh, London, Ontario, uh, around uh, up around the lakes, and then straight across the prairies to, I want to get to the B.C. coast, wow. British yeah. Columbia. And that's 4,500 kilometers. Yeah, roughly 4,500 kilometers. Now, you're a long rider. Tell everybody you belong to the Guild, right? Yes, I do. Tell everybody what the Long Rider Guild is. Uh, the Long Rider Guild is basically uh, a group of riders um, that um, 
do what they call long rides, and you have to do uh, a thousand continuous miles to become a member. Um, a lot, a lot ride for causes. A lot don't. A lot ride for themselves and just to be out on the road. So, and it's and they're all over the world. I think we can all agree and not argue at all, Democrat or Republican, that a thousand miles is one long ride. It is, <laughs> and it's a lot of fun too. Last week we we talked about endurance riding. You know the competitive endurance riding, and yeah. uh, this week we're talking about some some really long rides. Now, you on these long rides, you'll do how many miles in a day? Um, to start off, I will um, probably do about 20 kilometers the first week or two, and then I'll, I want to up it to 30 the next week, and then, then I'll get into the 40 and 50 kilometer days. Wow. That's like a, a 50, you know, that's almost like a 40-mile a, a endurance ride every day. Yes. Uh, now you tend to not go at the pace that the endur- competitive endurance riders do. You're you're trying to enjoy some of the scenery and the ride along the way too. Yes. Uh, basically, it's mostly a walk, maybe a little bit of trotting, just to stretch them out a bit. Um, but yes, it's just a uh, uh, just like a walk in the park. Wow. Yeah, you say that makes it sound so easy. <laughs> <laughs> now, how long have you been long riding? Um, I've been doing it since about 2006. I had a quarter horse back then, and, and he was probably ideal for it. You just put his head down, and you pointed him, and away he went. <laughs> so, you uh, you know, you said some long riders do it for cause, but, you know, you have to really enjoy what you're doing to do to do the long rides. What What is the main motivation you see with the people in the guild about why they get out there? They, they uh, you know, they're, they're sick of their wives nagging, or, you know, what what's the real reason? <laughs> well, a lot of them are women, believe it or not. Okay. Um, but uh, probably the main reason is you're right back to, well, you know that old term, back to nature, um, living off of just what you can carry on your horse, nothing more. It, it's a challenge in a lot of ways for some people. So myself, I I like adventure, and I'm probably a little bit of a, adrenaline junkie that way where i i need the adventure i need a little bit of chaos in my life and uh that's why i do it but a lot of them do it just just to be out on the road meet people um see if they can do it uh there's all kinds of reasons now have you ever done the canada trip like this before no i just did uh i did 1700 kilometers across ontario and that took about two months so, and, and I mean, a lot of times, like I planned on sleeping out under the stars. I just took my sleeping bag and a bivy sack and what I could fit into a set of saddlebags. So, uh, but a lot of times people, they just swarm to you. It's it's amazing what a horse conjures up in, in everybody's minds. So I had lots of, you know, I ended up probably staying with people half the time. And and a trip like that, how long? The one that's coming up starting Sunday. How long do you expect it? It will take you. Uh, probably between five and six months. That's a long time. Yes, <laughs> that is a long time. <laughs> but now you're doing this for a terrific cause. Let's talk a little bit about that. I'm doing it for uh, to bring awareness to the Canadian Mustangs and and the things that they're facing here um, today. Uh, we only have uh, probably about 1,500 Mustangs left in Canada, and there's and only that's one wild, group. Wild ones, you mean? Yeah, wild horses, yeah. and uh, only one group is protected, and that's the Sable Island horses out in Nova Scotia. So, um, what I'm doing is riding to bring awareness and to help maybe get a dialogue going about the problems facing these horses out in BC. And uh, Alberta, because, and as you know, they used to be sold for dog food, captured and sold for dog food, and a lot of times poached, just people shooting them. So here we are trying to get some laws uh, passed to help protect them. Yeah, we it's think an of, amazing. We know about them here sure. in the United States. A lot of us, you know, for our United States listeners, but you don't hear the, you know, the Canadian mustangs talked about too often. No, you don't. And the amazing thing about the Canadian Mustangs is, um, as you go north 
from, uh, let's say, Arizona, Nevada, and up, the um, Spanish gene seems to grow stronger. Like, there seems to be more Spanish in them as you go further north. And uh, any of the horses that have been tested up here in Alberta and B.C. Uh, have quite a strong um, Spanish gene from back when the conquistadors um, colonized the southern states there. I was going to say that they never, the Spanish never really made it up into Canada that far, did they? No, they didn't. But the horses did up what they called the um, Mustang Trail that just went north right up into Canada. So, so now they're not protected at all in Canada? No, we have no laws protecting them up here. Wow. I didn't realize that. And of course, you have the you have the you know the packing plants up there too, which doesn't help uh, the situation at all. Um, That's true. Yeah, we'll be right back to hear more about the Mustang that Kimball is taking on this trip right after the Equestrian Collections product of the week. Howdy, everybody. Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I'm speaking to Debbie over at Equestrian Collections with the Equestrian Collections product of the week. This is Happy Spring Week, and I wanted to have all of the listeners look at the feet of their veterinarians or their trainers. And what are you going to see on them? Ariat Terrain Boots. These are the go-to comfort shoe for the horse industry. If you... um, they're so comfortable. They have all the good stuff from Ariat inside of them, and they're also uh, good-looking, and they come in lace so that you can wear heavy socks, you can wear light socks, you can ride in them, you can walk in them. You can't say that about every boot on the market. Um, this is a tried-and-true boot, but I wanted to feature it this week because it's in the springtime. You're going to be doing a lot more outside work, and this is the boot to go to. My wife has owned many of these, and they they actually feel when you're wearing them more like a sneaker than a boot, uh, which is which is kind of nice. It you know it doesn't give you that stiff boot feeling, and that's why they became so popular in the first place. Uh, and then they have the moisture wicker lining, so your feet don't get as hot. So that does make them a good good summer boot as well. Plus, they come in all kinds of cool colors. Yes, and they also we have another um, boot, the terrain boot that is waterproof. The regular terrain boot is not waterproof, but we do also offer a waterproof boot in the same style. That's right. And they have a bazillion different sizes. So you're That's gonna, right. You're going to find right. a size to fit your feet, no matter what size you are. But and, I challenge you to look at your, uh, at your farrier or your um, trainer or your vet's feet and see what they have on them. Or, or your radio show host here at the Horse Radio <laughs> Network. And that's the Ariat Ladies Terrain Boot. You can find it at equestriancollections.com. Just search for Ariat Terrain Boot, and you'll find it over at equestriancollections.com. Tell us about the, the Mustang you're going to be riding on this trip. Well, I have a, a, a Mustang. His name's Bo. He is a Wyoming Mustang. Um, a trainer named Randy Bird was put to the task by the BLM. He's a Canadian trainer, but he adopted, um, which you can't really do up into Canada, is adopt Mustangs because they're owned for a year by the BLM okay. or the government of uh, the United States. So, But he was put to the task to see if he could rehabilitate or train older horses anywhere from the age of 10 to 14, 15 years old. And so he, he accepted the challenge and um, adopted eight horses. Now, two of the mares that came up with him uh, foaled in the spring when he got here. So I have one of those foals. He was actually born in, in Canada, but um, untouched. So I ended up uh, adopting him from Randy Bird and a film producer named Albert Botha. They produced a, a, a documentary called uh, saving the um, save the Mustangs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on the Pet Channel just there a while ago, but uh, yeah. So I ended up with him, and I uh, worked with him, and I found a lot of these whisper, you know, horse whisper methods didn't really work with him so so much. Like you could you could run him into the ground in a round pen, he just wouldn't quit running. So I uh, use the methods that a uh, lady over in Oregon. Kitty Lawman, and uh, her methods were amazing. 
So, and it didn't take me long to get working with Bo and he's seven years old now and I've had him since he was uh, turned two. Okay. So you pretty much, uh, he's grown up with you. You're, you're his human. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And now has he done any of the long rides with you before? Um, not really. I took him out to BC, um, two summers ago and we did some guiding up in the mountains there for about five months. So, um, no, no real long riding with him as such. This will be his first time at it. Now we followed a woman last year who rode across the United States and she had brought a pack horse along partly because for packing, uh, stuff, but partly because she wanted to be able to switch off between horses. If one of them came up a little lame, do you worry about that? Only having one horse on the trip? No, I don't. Um, I, how I ride is two days or three days and then a rest day. Like, so every fourth day is a rest day and I, I do it kind of like, well, I, I kind of follow the old Calvary method of riding where you, every hour the horse is on the road, he'll graze 10 minutes. Huh. And then, and then after walking or after, you know, riding for two hours, I'll get off and walk for an hour. So that's what the U.S. Army, or some of that's from the U.S. Army back in the day. Wow. So, so what he gets to eat along the way is grazing, or do you, do you try and pack any grain or anything? Well, he doesn't really need the grain. Uh, sometimes you get it at the odd stop when you stop at a barn or something, but mostly he'll be eating um, bio cubes, uh, alfalfa cubes, that I'll, or I'm sorry, Timothy cubes, that I'll just keep enough in my one saddlebag on one side and give it to him a little bit during the day, and he'll graze on what grass there is as we go. And, of course, you're doing this in the summertime in Canada, which is always a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you hope you're done before the snow flies. <laughs> yeah. i got to get home before Christmas, and my wife will be really upset. Yeah, so I was just going to ask you if you were married. That was my next question, and how she feels about you disappearing into the wilderness for this long. Well, I'm lucky that she's a horse lover, too, and... Uh, um, she understands what I'm doing and, and why I'm doing it. So that makes it a lot easier to have, you know, having her support. So now, has she ever been on one of the long rides with you? No. her. She says her idea of a long ride is taking a trailer, getting out and riding for four or five hours, and then hitting the spa and hot tub at night, she said. So. I'm kind of with her. Can I join her? I'd rather be with her than you, I think. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Now, what are you hoping to accomplish? What's your goal as far as the Mustangs are concerned for this trip? Are you raising money? Are you raising awareness? Are you hoping to be on media all across the country? What what are you hoping to accomplish? Well, we're hoping to get seen a lot on media. Um, It's amazing how it gets picked up because it's not an everyday thing. So media to raise awareness, um, to open up a dialogue with the, the government that uh, are in charge of, you know, the wildlife and horses and stuff. And and so we can get a dialogue going to maybe get somebody to, you know, propose a bill and then hopefully get it passed. And you have a website if people want to go to it. It's Canadian Long Ride for the com, which is a long name. We'll post it on our Facebook page and on our website as well. And I did notice on your page here, you have a lot of sponsors. Good for you. Yeah, it was amazing how they just, you know, they all fell in line. Uh, the first time I did it, I didn't ask for any sponsors, and, and that was that was good. So I guess it gives you a bit of credibility um, for what you're doing. But, yeah, the sponsors just, it was amazing. Well, it, how helps, they just, it helps fund the ride a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, I, you know, you, you just ask for a little bit of equipment here and there, and, and that's basically all I needed, so... What what kind of saddle do you ride? Now I'm going to ask the technical questions for all our horse people out there. What kind of saddle do you ride? I ride a Circle Y uh, ranch saddle. It's the uh, Crossfire model. So it's a ranch-style saddle with the hard seat. Okay. Don't get hit by a car, by the way. I just heard that one go No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) They sound really close to you right now. Um, so, so that, so it's, it's a harder seat, you said, or a softer seat? Yeah, it's, you, you've, you've probably seen the, the ranch style yep, saddles yep. with the hard seat. That's exactly what it is. Why do you choose that? Also, well, it's more comfortable, believe it or not, on a long ride. Huh. I mean, if, if the cowboy sat in them for eight, ten hours a day, 
say, you know, it's just, it's amazing how it's just more comfortable to have that hard seat. And and as far as clothing and things, what do you pack clothing-wise? Are you packing one, two days, I, or? I just pack uh, the set I wear and one extra set. And that's it, huh? Yeah. Wow. And I roll it up in my bedroll, so. How about food for you? Um, I take a bag of oatmeal and some uh, trail mix and a little bit of beef jerky. And that's it? Yeah, keep it simple. And then, of course, people are feeding you along the way. I know that happened uh, to the one we followed last year. She ended up gaining weight on the trip. (laughs) Oh, 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 no. I'm trying to lose it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you going to be all on roads, or are you going to be in backcountry sometimes? I'm going to be on a little, uh, some trails, uh, mostly on the highways to get out of Ontario because all it is is rock, muskeg, and and uh, trees and water up north. So there's nothing else I can do but but follow the highway. But after that, I, I'm looking forward to getting on some of the Trans Canada Trail here and there. And I, you know, I assume for what you're trying to do too for your for the mission of the trip, you're going to want to be seen. So that's that's hi- right. Hiding in the woods isn't going to help you get the publicity you're you're hoping for either. No, definitely not. How can people support you or help along the way here? Well, just uh, follow the the uh, follow on my website. I'm going to be doing a blog as often as I can. Um, I mean, if they want to donate to uh, fun, we're just started a little donate button on the website for uh you know if i need a trailer ride home at the end and if there's money left over we're going to put it to a couple of the facebook pages to see where they want to donate it to to see if you know where it'll do the most good so i mean that's about it i'm not looking for you know tons of money here to raise money for for it. I, I just assume just raise the awareness so. Yeah, at this point, you know, the money is uh, money's not going to help you a whole lot. That legislation is what you really need. So That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, this is terrific. Good luck. We're going to be following your progress, too. And, you know, stay safe out there. Keep, keep, uh, keep both safe as well. I will. And do you, do, you, do you carry a gun for bears? Just curious. Yes, I am. Well, th- yes, I am carrying yeah. a rifle this oh, time. Good, because yeah. I'll tell you what that that would be the thing I worry about. <laughs> You're in Canada, for God's sake! They have big bears up there. So, <laughs> we do. <laughs> I'm moving to Florida. We have alligators there. You got bears. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Kimba. We appreciate it. Good luck and have a great trip. Well, thank you very much for your time. We'll check in with you later and see how you're doing. Maybe in a couple months. Sounds good. Well, Helena, now it is time for our Tack and Habit segment, and we have a very special guest on from England for this particular segment. Tack and Habit is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. A dedicated supporter of several HRN shows, KPP offers a variety of great supplements, and one of those is Caraform. Caraform is a source of biotin, iodine, and zinc, which are shown to support the maintenance of healthy hooves and hair. These ingredients are combined with lecithin and full-fat soybeans to provide a source of essential fatty acids, which is an ingredient that supports a normal, healthy hair coat. Yeast cultures are also included, and in play, they play a role in the maintenance of normal digestive functioning, which makes Caraform a very well-rounded, affordable supplement. So if you want to find out more about this and all of the KPP products, go to their website at kppusa.com. You can learn more about horse nutrition as well as interact with KPP experts. You can do that through their Facebook page. Thank you, Helena. And now it is time to introduce Michael Peace, who is a, actually a very, very well-known trainer over in England and has written some books. And I know that uh, many uh, Americans are familiar with him as well. He uh, has the thinkequus.com website, but we actually are talking to him because I discovered this application that I really liked the other day. For every rider needs this. It's an application for your iPhone or your Android phone, for your smartphone. And I said, we've got to get the inventor on this on. And I didn't know it was Michael Peace at that point. So we have a double treat getting to speak to Michael and also learning about horseridersos.com. If you ride in the trails, you need to listen to this segment. Well, hi, Michael, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. It's so good to have you on from England. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me. 
Tell us what part what part of uh, England are you in? Well, I'm in Oxford. Okay. So, uh, yeah, in the countryside, about four miles out of the city centre. So it's quite good. Yeah. Now, tell people, you know, we have people, listeners all around the world. Uh, for those that don't know, is Oxford a big horsey area or? Um, yeah, well, it's it's quite a rural. It's a city. But it's a small city, um, but it is in you know a very beautiful rural area. So yeah, there are quite a lot of horses around, and it's quite an affluent area as well. And horses generally are um, owned by people with a bit of spare cash. So um, yeah, it's quite good. When you tell us about your training, bit before we get on to this, I found you as I said earlier in the show. I found you through this incredible application. I really love. But I also know that you're a trainer and, you, you know, a, a pretty well-known trainer over there in England. So tell us about that side of your business. Oh, well, um, yeah, my business is specializing. I'm a specialist trainer of young horses and problem horses. And um, I've written three books um, that have sold well in America, actually. So, um, you know, so I'm quite well-known over here. I write for a magazine called Horse and Rider Magazine every month here and um, a couple of publications in Australia and New Zealand as well so uh, um, yeah I'm quite well known but my business is yeah just specializing in problem horses primarily but also anybody who wants to get their young horse started nicely um, first time then um, you know I do that too. How many bones do you break Michael before you figure (laughs) out you're good at the uh, problem horses? Well you know I think that's interesting because um I, I never got into that, actually. I never got into it. I've, I've broken my collarbone once, and that was because my girth slipped because I hadn't girthed my horse up properly. And, um, <laughs> and you know, silly mistake. But um, I've been, it's either luck or judgment. I don't know. I think uh, because I'm not confrontational generally as a person, I don't go in there fighting. I don't get riled very easily either. So, um, and I see horses, you know, horses come to me. I actually see them as quite fragile and vulnerable, even if they're, angry you know because i think there's it's generally the basis you know they're they're upset about something and as soon as you approach them with a bit of kindness and you you have to be practical too you know where you know it's not about being so easy that you don't get anything done but i think in that situation often human beings we get frustrated and want to be harder on a horse so i think the key with me is that there's a you know there's somewhere in between where you need a too hard or too soft and um you know, the result of that is that you don't break, break bones because you don't get into a fight. Right. Diplomacy, you, I guess. You approach it neutrally. From neutrally, yeah. So, yeah. you're. So, if you are uh, working with a young horse or a problem horse, I assume that you take them out of the arena. You do work with with them inside of an arena, but uh, you also head out into that beautiful countryside. Um, but you still have to keep yourself safe. You, you know. Um, even with your kind and considerate approach, we, we know that there's some things you just can't predict. And Sorry, I missed that last bit. I couldn't hit quite here. Was that? That, that horses are unpredictable, basically. Um, so even though they're, you know, you're, you're working very kindly with them, you still have to keep yourself safe. And yeah. um, you actually came up with a fabulous idea for those moments when maybe you're not so safe. Tell us about uh, this new app, Horse Rider SOS that you developed and how that came to be? All right. Well, it came to be, first of all, um, I went to, you know, first, when I first got my iPhone, I, um, you know, I got into the app thing and I was quite interested in downloading apps. And um, I thought, God, I've got to get into this. You know, I've got to try and make some money out of this. This looks like the new big thing. So um, I actually went to bed thinking, you know, what idea would be a great idea for the horse world. And it took me about three nights and then about four in the morning, one morning, it, it just popped into my head. And um, I woke my wife up to say, I've got it. <laughs> she wasn't very happy to hear it at four in the morning. But, um, you know, there it came. And what it is, is uh, it works by, I, I thought, you know, when you're riding out, often, you know, the, the protocol is that you tell your yard manager or your husband or wife or you know, spouse that you're going out on a ride and when where you're going and when to expect you back. And I thought, you know, obviously that's a sensible thing to do, but wouldn't it be great if there was a piece of technology that would do that? And um, and then I thought of the iPhone and the accelerometer in an iPhone, or any smartphone, in fact, um, that feels your movement. So while you're moving, it knows you're okay. But as soon as you stop moving, let's say you fall off your horse and you're unconscious or you're or you know you're hurt and shouldn't move, 
um, that you, you're laying on the ground waiting for help and um, your phone recognizes that you've stopped moving and sends an alert to your friend or your spouse or your yard manager and um, lets them know, one, that you haven't been moving for the last minute or so, and two, where you are on the planet using the GPS capability of the smartphone. So, um, you know, very simple idea and, uh, could, you know, could save somebody's life. Maybe it has already, I don't know. <laughs> now, do you – how does it notify uh... – how does it notify someone, let's say I fall off and I'm not moving, what's it do then? Well, the, the process is that um, when you buy the app, you input uh, your um, buddy, you put input their email. With the, uh, with the iPhone, you, it will only send an automated email at the moment, but we're setting it up in the next month or so so that it can send a text as well. But with... Um, uh, the Android version, it will send a text and an email. So you input your, when you open the app for the first time, you're prompted to input your um, buddy's, uh, you know, details. So either email or, um, or sorry, or uh, other text yeah, number. Text, yeah, yeah, text number exactly. And uh, and then um, you know it's got everything it needs. So and then you can there's, there's a fail safe, which is a good idea as well. The fail safe is that. You can set the amount of time. So if you're st- stood on your horse talking to somebody and you're not moving, then you can. It, it will start beeping at you before it sends the alert, and you can. You know, it's all user-defined. So you can decide how long, first of all, that you want to be motionless before it starts that countdown before sending the text, and also how long you want the countdown to be when it sends the text. Do you see what I mean? So, yep. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, it just, you know, so that there's no false alarms because it would soon lose credibility if it's sending false alarms. Now, I, yeah, and, you know, if you're standing around talking to a friend and you happen to stop along the trail and talk to the neighbor, you, you want to make sure it's not going off at that point. That now, would be me. Well, and it's sort of like... It's <laughs> the sort of fire like, department would be yes. on its way, my husband would be on its way, and I'd be there like, oh, have a cup of coffee, why don't you? Yeah, exactly. And then, it'll be... It will beep at you it will, uh, uh, um, and vibrate as well. So, you you know, it gives you plenty of warning. That oh, Can it you make it so that it okay. pops me on the head, too? <laughs> <laughs> but really, no, that, that's I, – I love the way – I love how well thought out that is because obviously uh, – The one complaint two. I have seen on, on it was that uh, – on the iPhone side is that it only sends an email. But it sounds like you're trying to fix that now. Yeah, what it is with that, and it's a shame, and it's a limitation with Apple, is that they won't send, they won't allow an iPhone to send an automated text for a, an in-app automated text, and it's because, you know they don't want spam. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, what we've done is uh, th- there was a way around it, and that was that the that it, it can send it to a server first and then that server will forward it and um, so we're putting that in place um, in the next few weeks yeah you can understand Helena why you know Apple said uh, we don't want automated texts going out uh, you know because you could be getting texts every minute for ads and everything else yeah, so exactly. that's, that's a big I can big under I can appreciate box. that but yet uh, also but if I fell off and counted on my wife to see an email it'd be three days later so you know the thing with that and we put it on the website is that even with the iPhone version you know you just make sure you choose a buddy that is in front of their PC, you know, so that, um, you know, somebody perhaps that is office-based that is going to see an email ping up um, as soon as it happens. Um, but yeah. it is a limitation. It's not as good as this, you know, as the... Um, but it is true that more and more people that do have iPhones and uh, Android phones are checking their emails more often, like if it was Jamie or... Or some other people I know, in, or me, you know, I, I'm checking my emails, you know, what seems like 20 times an hour. And I know you, yeah. uh, you're kind of a geeky guy. You're out there, you know, riding the crazy young horses, checking your email. So, yeah, yeah. often I'm on the phone while I'm riding a horse. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I knew he wrote, I knew he talked on the phone while he rides. I could tell. I could just tell. That's fresh. That's fresh. <laughs> they haven't outlawed Cheeky, that yeah. yet here in the United States. They've outlawed texting and driving, but they haven't outlawed texting and riding yet. So, Yeah, I know. It's interesting. I had a friend with a helicopter pick me up, and um, 
and he landed in my field and we went off. I was actually doing a photo shoot for a magazine and he st- he likes to fly on the left-hand side. I don't know, in the UK, helicopter pilots generally fly on the right-hand side, but I was sat in the passenger side, which is the right-hand side, and I took a photograph and put it up on Facebook and people assumed I was flying and <laughs> taking photographs at the same time. And, um, yeah. No, helicopter, you got to kind of keep hands and feet on the moving parts for a helicopter. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. different from a horse how? <laughs> when? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, a, a horse has got a brain. I mean, that's what I count from, so um, horses, they know when they need to be sensible, I think. <laughs> well, this app is uh, available at horse uh, com, or you can just search Horse Rider SOS on, on the App Store or on your Android marketplace. And it's seven ninety five. It's cheap enough. You know, this is, this is peace of mind that you have. And we have, we've had this discussion on our morning show before about whether people take their phones. Like, my wife does not take her phone out, and I've tried to encourage oh. her more and more to take her phone with her because she doesn't want it. She doesn't want to be bothered. She's exact opposite of us techie people. She does not want to be bothered by anything while she's riding. That's her time. That's her time away yeah. from the world. Yet, you know, if you're out on the trail, you got to have that for emergencies. And I finally convinced her now she just puts it on mute and then takes it out. But at least she has it to call somebody in an emergency, you know? Yeah, that's what yeah. I do. I just yeah. turn it down so that I don't hear it ring and and you don't have to answer it, you know. But I'm the same way. I don't want to be bothered when I'm out there, but I will not. I don't even, you know, if even if I'm just on my own property riding around in my, my field or my ring, I have my phone in my pocket or attached to my boot. Yeah, I think, you know, go ahead. I feel naked without my phone. I take it everywhere. You know, I have to have it with me wherever I go, you know. And, um, yeah, I think it's sensible to ride with a phone and, uh, you know, if you need it, it's there. You may never need it, but you'd be pretty upset that time comes when you do need it and you haven't got it. So I think it's wise that you've talked your wife into having it with her because that's, you know, important. Well, Actually, they, you know what, Glenn? You can yeah. just give her her own advice back to her. She used to tell me before we'd go hunting, it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's true. Yeah, but tell her those true. words exactly, and she will eat them. And she has uh, fallen off a few times while hunting. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, Michael, let me ask you uh, before we get totally off the topic. So this is only seven ninety five. If I UPS a, a, a problem horse over to you, is it only going to cost me seven ninety five? I'm just curious. To fix. Uh, it cost you a bit more than that. Ah, uh, damn. <laughs> See, I knew that, Michael. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you can find yeah. Michael's address at thinkequis.com, and, and as we said, uh, you, you can find the, the application at horseridersos.com, and we'll put links to that in our show notes at stablescoop.com. Michael, will you come back again to talk more about uh, horse training and working with the problem horses? Yeah, definitely. Any time, you know, if you ever want to talk about that, that's a very interesting subject, and I've got lots to say on that. So, um, yeah, certainly. All right, sounds terrific. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate you being on. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Thank you for having me. Thank All you. right, bye bye. Bye bye now. Well, I've uh, downloaded that now, so I have it on my Android phone, Helena. It's right here. Wow. So when that I was take, quick. When I take my carriage out and I can hit start, and then if I, I wonder, you know, because on a carriage, well, you are moving around. I guess the uh, accelerometer is still going to feel you moving around. Yeah, it's like so, a pedometer. You yeah. know, you can put things on your, your belt and it can yep. pick up stuff. Yep. So I'm going to use that. And so if I ever crash uh, when I get my new driving horse in Florida before the alligators eat me, I wonder if, 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 if people would get to me before the alligators get me. <laughs> Your phone would be beeping in this alligator's <laughs> his stomach. Mouth. Be like, what's coming out of that alligator's belly? <laughs> Firemen will be going, there's nothing at this address. Why is... <laughs> what's, um, what, what, wait a minute. No, so you have this on your iPhone. What happens when you... I forgot to ask this. What happens when you're all done with your drive? There's and, a start and stop button. Well, you have to remember to stop. Yeah, that's now. a problem. That's just like if, you, if you're an inventor and you wear the air, air vests... Yeah, you really have to remember to unhook it before you get off the horse, or your airbag is going to go <laughs> pop. And uh, oh. you know that's something that you got to learn to do. And I same with this. You're, you're absolutely right. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, we need to talk about that because um, you know when those if you like, do they replace your air cartridges? You can buy replacement air cartridges. Yes, I know you can buy them, but like the first time, that would really stink if you you know the first time you try it, you forget to. 
You know, let's oh, say when you're so in that training everybody. phase. I know. Jamie was at the at a cross country schooling one day at a big park where there were like a hundred people there cross country schooling and everybody wears these air vests now all the time in cross country. And she said it sounded like popcorn with them all going off all over really? the Really? Yes. That's <laughs> you buy, funny. You buy the cartridges in six packs, so you have oh, all extras right. there. But six packs. Yeah. I knew I, I, when they first came out, they were only selling cartridges in two packs. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to need like a I case. I can't tell you how many, even in Rolex at the big events, these big riders hop. They're so excited. You know, they just had a good round. They hop off their horse. Poof, oh, God, it, totally. It yeah. Pops, yeah. You know? And it yeah. does sound like popcorn. It really does. I know. I was there when when <laughs> Jamie tried it, and it made her pee. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We appreciate you listening in, and we hope that you give that application a try. It's only, as we said, it's only seven dollars and ninety five cents. One nice thing about apps for phones is they're so cheap, but they get you because they're so cheap. You go, I can try this one. I can try this one. I can try, and all of a sudden, your bill's like thirty five dollars from apps you bought that month. Oh, yeah, it's like iTunes. I'm up there all the time. 99 cents here, $1.99 there. Because 99 cents, it's like nothing. I don't care. I'll just buy that. And then you don't realize you've done that every day this month, and now it's $30. Yeah, it's like a Big Mac. Exactly. (laughs) It's like a Big Mac. (laughs) All right, that's it. I think that's all for this week. We've covered everything that we needed to cover. Don't forget to check out all the show notes at StableScoop.com and all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network. And make sure you go uh, like us on Facebook. We like to have conversations and share information and photos and stuff. So uh, look us up on Facebook, like us, and share us with your friends. And the other thing, too, is if you think you have a good guest or somebody that you, you know, that we might be interested in, feel free to send us an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com or helena at horseradionetwork.com or post it on our Facebook page. Any one of those will work. And uh, if we think it's going to be cool that the, that the vast audience would be interested, we'll get back to you. That's about it, Helena. That's, Let's call that's it a funny. Week. That we'll call it a week. Um, there will be more next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>